Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Sign Out Podcast today. I'm Josh Shivanoff. He is the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. UFC, a whole lot of Bellator, a lot of MMA talk on this one. Before we get into that and more, we'll talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. Built the premium stack of the former delicious energy and focus drink. It's dying to replace the holiday candy drinks, coffee, and even traditional pre-workouts. So we're going to be sugar-free and it's loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They designed Road Energy for the emerging professional competitive gaming market and continues to have fantastic carryover and success in students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. It's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. This Saturday night, UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Angel, my guy, we got some top 10 middleweights. Jared Cannonier, Kelvin Gastelum, obviously Cannonier making his return uh, after his loss to Rubble Whitaker in Abu Dhabi in October of last year. And he's taking on Kelvin Gastelum. Both these guys coming off the loss. In fact, Kelvin coming in with more, many more losses. Uh, he's lost four of his last five fights. Now, that's not entirely indicative of ever, of like his entire resume. Um, obviously, the fact that those four guys they lost to, Whitaker, Hermanson, Till, and Adesanya, are all top five guys in the division. Uh, the only top guy, top five guy that he has not fought in at this point is Jared Cannonier, uh, who had just said, you know, he'll be meeting him on Saturday night. So, my man, very interesting fight here. Uh, very close to a pick as far as betting odds go. Uh, what are some of your keys to victory, and who do you got on Saturday night's main event? I mean, the, I think the biggest thing is, and I think everybody's kind of mentioned it leading up to this, is what what Kelvin are we going to get? What Kelvin's going to show up, right? Uh you know, like like you mentioned, we, we talked about this, and every time we've talked about Kelvin since then, we've been, you know, you got to look at the losses, right? Obviously, there's a Adesanya fight, you know, banger of a fight. Could have even maybe won that, but there until, obviously, a split decision. The Jack Hermanson one is the only one that I think is bad because it was a first-round heel hook, which, you know, Jack Hermanson has kind of had this steady kind of climb. Uh, he did get he did lose in recent, recent time to Marvin Vittori, but obviously Marvin just fought for the title. So just goes to show, like you said, it just goes to show where the competition at. He fought Ian Heinisch, which we went into that fight saying, like, he has to win it. And he did. That was the guy he should have – he had and should have won and beat. He fought Robert Whitaker, which obviously now we know Rob's going to fight against Izzy. It's kind of set in stone. Like, we know it's going to happen at some point, hopefully this year. And obviously, Paulo Costa was originally signed to this card. And, mm-hmm. well, his whole time of craziness kind of – is still kind of ongoing. <laughs> it hasn't ended. And uh, we're here with Jerry Cannonier, who – well, for what it's worth, ever since making the switch, looked pretty good. Had a pretty good fight against against uh, Robert Whitaker. Nothing insane, not the greatest performance. Obviously, didn't come up on top. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd say this is the, the third best person he's faced. You know, obviously, he, he had Jack. And it's no disrespect to Anderson Silva, but Anderson Silva's not nowhere anywhere near where he's been way back in his prime. But it, it's been Jack Hermanson, which, you know, obviously, he got that win in 2019. Uh, we were well aware of that. And obviously the Robert Whitaker fight that happened last year on the Habib Gaethje card, which ended up losing. Now he's fighting Kelvin, you know, former title challenger. Uh, 
you know, I let's see if he rises up to the occasion. You know, I think that's the big thing is it's like, is he going to keep rising? You know, he's 37 years old. I mean, his run at the title is, is really short. You know, he has to win this fight here to get back on track real quick. Obviously, if he would have beat a Robert, he would have been deep in the conversation. And uh, maybe he would have had to fight maybe one more name or would have been given to him. Who knows, right, how life goes. But uh, as for me, I think, you know, Kelvin could take some shots, man. I don't know if he's going to be able to take Jerry Cannon in your shots. Uh, I hope so. For his sake, so we have a banger fight. I think this mm-hmm. this fight has a lot of potential to be good. Uh, and, and like I said at the start of, the, of my statement, you know, I, I think it's just depending on what Kelvin comes out. I think he needs to come out, look good, have pressure, be tough, be be inside. You know, don't get stuck outside. Don't get stuck outside of the uh, just in that kind of space in the pocket where it gives Jared enough space. Like really have pressure, do some pressure wrestling, take him down. You know, don't get don't try to make it a a a, a fight if that makes sense. You know, don't get too mm-hmm. erratic. I think are his keys to victory. Yeah, for sure, man. And as far as the fight goes, I mean, you kind of just said it all there. In terms of um, the thought process going in, it is entirely which version of Kelvin Gassman is going to show up. Obviously, we've seen him in, I mean, like I said at the start of the show, four out of five losses. Four out of his last five fights have been losses. Um, really only the Adesanya fight was competitive as well. I mean, Whitaker 50-45'd him. I thought Till took all three rounds. It wasn't a, a very exciting fight, but he clearly took all three rounds. Hermantis submitted him early. He probably should have won the easy fight. He, he nearly got a finish multiple times, but he just couldn't get it. Um, and he's taking on a guy in Cannoneer, man, that it's weird because he's only had, it's, it's going to sound weird when you look at the names he's beat. David Branch, Aaron Silva, Jack Hermanson, and obviously Whitaker. He obviously fought him, but did lose. It's kind of tough to think about it, but in through the lens of he's not fought another top five guy outside of Hermanson. And even that Hermanson fight, I'm not sure if you remember that one, Angel. Hermanson pretty clearly took round one, uh, and then he just cra- got cracked in round two. Um, and even then, I don't think that Jack Hermanson is as good as the Jack Hermanson that he is today. Um, that fight was over two years ago at this point. Um, as far as it goes, I think both – I think – Gaslam's the more proven guy, but at the same time, and it sounds weird because he's only 29, he's been through so many wars, man. Um, obviously, the Whitaker fight was just, he took a lot of damage, and that was just recently. The Izzy fight was a fight of the year contender, but he took so much damage. The Jacques Ray fight was great, but he took a lot of damage. So on and so forth, man. He's had a lot of tough fights. Um, if you ask me, though, when it comes to this one, it's really tough to pick for a variety of reasons. I do think I'm actually going to take Kelvin Gaslam, though, man. I, I'm not sure if you gave your official prediction yet, but I am going to take Kelvin Gaslam just by virtue of I think that whenever it comes to a fight like this, this is kind of a fight that's going to work to his advantage. Um, whenever he's facing these guys like Whitaker, Till, Adesanya, they're much bigger than him. They have the long stance. They're good at controlling the distance. Jared Cannon hits like a truck for sure. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be enough to put, a, put away Gaslam um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Gaslam. I think it's probably pretty similar to the Heinish win, actually. Uh, that fight, he really just took Heinish down. He was willing to make it boring and just to get the dub, and I think that's may, what he may do here. Uh, who do you got as far as, like, picking-wise? I, I think I'm on the—you know, I'm definitely on the same page. I, I'm picking Kelvin. I actually I hadn't made an official pick up until this point right now. Yeah. Uh, mid-conversation uh, as I was thinking about it. Uh Throughout the week, I thought about it a lot. I, I wasn't very decisive on it. I, I definitely looked into it, and I, and I was going back and forth. This is a, I think it is a pick'em fight, though. Honestly, um, I think either guy's capable of winning. I think Kelvin should win, though. I think on paper, 
If you look at their uh, what they're capable of, their accolades, who they fought, I think Kelvin should be the winner, though. It, it, it's, it's just his reality, and I hope he realizes that reality for himself. Uh, and obviously, Jared, I hope he has a great performance as well. Obviously, I hope both these guys have a great performance, uh, but I do think Kelvin will come out on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not necessarily anything against Jared Cannonier. I think he's still he's one of those guys that I've been I've loved watching him rise, dude. I remember whenever you know he beat Kutelaba years ago. Whenever Kutelaba was super young, they were just fighting on the undercard of DJ against um, oh man, it was DJ against Tim Elliott, and that was just an insane fight. I see him come up from just this guy that was a nobody at heavyweight to struggling against the top guys at like 205 and eventually move, make him move down to become, I mean, he's number three ranked right now. It's been incredible to see. I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for him on Saturday, though. Um, as far as the co-main event, though, man, this fight is is a low-key banger. Very, very interesting for a variety of reasons. Clay, the Carpenter Guida, former Strike Force champion, current Hall of Famer, still doing the damn thing at 39 years of age. Uh, coming off of a win over Michael Johnson, of all people, in February. Um, before that, he had lost to Bobby Green, Jim Miller. But you know, yet he, he's been consistently getting wins. Um, sometimes not against the highest level of competition. He's probably been out of his prime, you could argue, since 2013. But he's still doing the damn thing. He's still beating some good guys. And he's taking on the Olympian Mark Matson. Um, this is a guy that is 10-0. Considered one of the greatest Greco-Roman wrestlers, um, at least, you know, in that air, like in that weight class, I should say. I'm not educated enough on wrestling to actually. I mean, I mean, probably out of his country too. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's sure. where it is. But I say the guy he lost to in the Olympics who got gold, uh, pretty much got gold at every other level that included the Olympics. I mean, talking World Cup, European, individual. Uh, yeah, the guy he lost to was a very high level guy because he ended up coming short, ended up getting silver, but it's still very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd I'd say that makes more sense to say in that in that capacity. But he's taking on Mark Madsen, obviously ten and zero. Not too many fights in the UFC. Obviously, he beat Danilo Briardo uh, in September September 2019. Beat Austin Hubbard in March 2020. No fights since then. Um, fun fact: He also fought Patrick Nielsen, uh, former WBA like middleweight challenger, like years ago for some reason. I don't remember what the backstory was, but. That was a fight that happened right before he got signed to the UFC. So that's your fun fact of the day. Um, but now it's because of the finally, promotion, just so huh? you know, they had like a promotion where they had like athletes from other sports come in that that Olympian fight night. I'm pretty sure they had athletes from other sports oh, who were okay. trying to make the transition. Okay, that makes more sense. Then. Yeah, I think that's um, what it is. Yeah, and so as far as Mark Madsen goes, this is by far the biggest test of his career. Um, obviously, Clay Good is past his prime, but will it still be enough, Angel? What is your take on the Comey? You know something, Mark, Marco Madsen isn't the youngest guy either, sadly. He's 36 years old. Obviously, him and Clay Guida are only uh, three years apart. And Clay Guida's about to turn 40 this year in December. Uh, for what it's worth, though, Clay Guida's still a tough guy, man. I mean, he's still in there. He hangs, he he, he will, you know, he has, he has some finishes in there. He has some decision in there. He only really gets caught in submissions. He really doesn't get put out. I don't think, what was the last time Clay Guida got finished with punches? Uh, um, I'm looking at it right here. Uh, 2016 against Brian Ortega, and before that it was 2013 against uh, Chad Mendes. Mm-hmm. So, as far as you know, him getting finished with punches, it'd be really hard. And I doubt, you know, obviously Marco Madsen's way of victory is going to be that. And like I said, Hollywood has been submitted a lot, but Marco Madsen only has one submission win, I believe. Uh, maybe more than maybe more than one. I might be wrong with that. 
Uh, he has a lot of decision wins, so he grinds them out a lot. So, uh, uh, you know, there's there's obviously a clear path to Marco Madsen's victory. Obviously, Clay Guida, he's going to have to be tough. Obviously, avoid getting submitted if, if those even submission attacks even come out of Marco Madsen. Avoid getting avoid the ground and pound. You know, obviously, just avoiding the ground as much as he can and uh, being active on the feet. And Clay Guida, for what it's worth, very, uh, as far as, like, cardio-wise, still very there. At almost 40 years old, like mm-hmm. still very jumpy into the into the third third and second round, man. Like still very active, and obviously I'm sure it's like a, a mental thing for him. Like I need to be, I need to look active, I need to look active, I need to jump up, I need to make this guy think I'm not tired. I'm sure that's a thing too. Uh, and uh, like I said, it, it, it's very the path for for Marco Madsen is very laid out, and obviously they're tr- it's very clear what they're doing here. They're trying to give him a guy who is uh, a a kind of well-known guy in the promotion who's fought a lot, who has a decent name, who can lead him maybe into a ranked opponent at some point, or maybe a fight away from a ranked opponent or a guy who's just outside of the ranks rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And in that way, it kind of seems like this is definitely a positioning fight for Mark Madsen. Um, obviously, he's not. I'm not really sure. He he's kind of an interesting guy at the capacity. It's too, he's too old to call him a prospect, but at the same time, his style is so dominant in a capacity through just his pure wrestling talent that it's he's could be a contender very very soon. But also he's too early. Like it's it, he's a weird guy is the point that I'm trying to make at least as far as his career goes. So in that way, it's kind of weird that they're throwing him in this fight. Um, because I feel like that he'd be more getting a top 15 guy, um, just based off of his resume as a fucking Olympian, but, um, and obviously the fact that he is undefeated, but he is, you know, you can only fight the guys in front of you and he's taking on a ancient Clay Guida. Um, it's interesting in the way that I think Clay is still very, very active. He still has amazing cardio. If this is five rounds, maybe I'd feel different. But I am going to take Mark Madsen just via a dominant display on Saturday. I might. I mean, do you think the fight's going to be close? No, I. I that's the sad thing. I really wish it was for Clay because obviously he's he's a tough motherfucker, dude. He's giving us uh, amazing fights throughout his career and uh, got on some wins in there, even uh, now in the uh, latter half of his career. I think Marco Madsen will come out here. I mean, he could just make it a decision win. Maybe there's a possibility for a submission. I don't know. I think Clay is very experienced. Obviously, he's going to be tough, but he has been caught multiple times in not in not not very long in submissions. Maybe Marco Matzo can be good at submission, but like I said, Marco Matzo doesn't seem like a guy who really attacks submissions, even when he uses his wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that sucks for Clay because I'm I've always had, and they've been doing this with Clay, man. He's been fighting those guys that are like bigger names, but not you know not top contenders for a while now. And that's given him the ability to get some wins. And I've always been a Clay Guida mark ever since because, like, one of the first – I don't want to say one of the first fights ever gotten me into MMA, but, like, his fight against Diego Sanchez just years ago. It's, it's in the Hall of Fame, man. It's, it's in the – they're in the Hall of Fame because of it, dude. Like, it's yeah, – that it was an insane fight. And obviously him upsetting Pettis years ago whenever Pettis was all the rage and he just wrestled the shit out of him. Um, and he's had some great wins, and I've been liking their matchmaking with him. They gave him, you know, Eric Koch, you know, who's, you know – that was years ago, and he was past his prime. They gave him Joe Lozon when Joe was past his prime. They gave him Charles Oliveira whenever they thought Oliveira wasn't going to be anything. Isn't that funny? Um, <laughs> Crazy, right? Crazy. Yeah, right. Like Isn't it. it's just it is insane to think about because they they stacked them on like the fight pass fight I think years ago, UFC 225, 
Um, and I want to say that he was like coming off of a loss before that, or like losses out of his like he was on a losing streak going into that Oliveira loss. That's why they stacked him up with Guido. With Guido. Um, and then obviously he ended up winning that one, and he's not lost since that fight. Like that was literally his beginning fight of his insane win streak that he's on now. But yeah, that's besides the point, man. I've been liking the matchmaking they've done for him for a while. I think this one's gonna suck for him though. I truly do. I think it's a really bad matchup for him. Um, despite that though, Clay Guida, man, he's gonna be 40, and I he's had no qualms about retiring anytime soon. He's one of those guys that he, I'm pretty sure Clay Guida's gonna be fighting forever. Um, Eternally. Yeah, but as far as as far as the card goes outside of the main and the co-main, what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight? I mean, we were talking a little bit before the pre-show and before we started recording. I mean, Alexander Pantosha, Brandon Royvella, Josh. I mean, I mentioned to you this could arguably be the co-main, uh, but it's opening with the card, so I really don't have an issue with it. I think I think they know they're smart with that. They they know it could be a banger of a fight. Uh, obviously, Brandon. Last time we saw him, sadly against Brandon Moreno, he had that. Uh, that shoulder injury, but hey, man, someone's you know lost ended up being someone's greatness, right? That's how life is sometimes, right? Something bad has to happen for someone. Something bad has to happen to someone so someone else can have some greatness happen in their life or for them to find success. Yeah, but and and ultimately, I mean, this is a uh, a pretty underrated card, honestly, man. I mean, like you said, a Pantoja, Roy Val, probably. I mean, we talked about it before. Should probably be in the co-main spot, but flyweights get zero respect. Um, the winner of this fight could potentially be fighting for the title next. And I think it could be well-deserved, too. I mean, it just depends on whether or not they want to go the Figueredo um, trilogy with Moreno. I can see why they would want to. I can see why they wouldn't want to. I think whoever doesn't, like, if they don't decide to do the trilogy, the winner of this fight is probably fighting for the title next. So it has high stakes in that way. I mean, there's there's a lot of things going on, because obviously Roybal had the injury, right? So obviously he'd get that. Pantoja obviously beat Brandon on the t- uh, yeah. on tough, right, opening There's fight. layers. There's layers, and actually another layer is if whoever wins this fight fights Askar Askarov, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously he's in contention. Askar Askarov took Brandon to a draw. Uh, so uh, obviously there's 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 a lot of guys here, man. He has history with all the guys here, so obviously there's a lot of options. It's pretty it's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean flyweight's popping right now, man. I'm I'm a huge fan of the fly. I mean I think I talk about the flyweight division a lot. I think we do in general just because. They don't get their shine from a lot of other MMA media outlets and a lot of fans. The dude, Flyweight's popping right now, man. I mean, honestly, you got Figueroa sticking around, at least for right now. We'll see what happens. I think if he doesn't get the trilogy fight, he's probably going to move up, honestly. But, I mean, Askar Askarov, like you said, Pantoja is fighting Rival this weekend. That's going to be a dope fight. Alex Perez is still on there. Kaikara France is welcoming Garbranton. You guys still got some vets around, like Tim Elliott. Um, you got guys like Tyson Nam out there, Amir Al-Baz, Sumanashiri. It's a dope-ass division, man. And you didn't um, even name every prospect. I mean, there's a lot of other guys yeah. that you didn't name. It's, yeah. it's actually crazy. I mean, you didn't mention David Dvorak, Amir al I mean, that's just two guys I'm saying off the top of my head. But that just goes to show how how deep this division is right now. And all those guys have crazy records, and there's some history amongst each other. They all kind of, you know, since – for a long time, there wasn't a lot of a 125 or so. A lot of these guys are fighting each other at the regional scene, the lower level, and their uh, their respective native countries, right, are traveling to fight because they couldn't fight people of this weight class uh, a while ago. But now the division's grown a lot, and now there is 125ers that you can get more mm-hmm. easily and find guys around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm really glad they decided to keep that. I mean, I think I've said this before, but I, I can't believe you have thought about cutting this division. Um, in terms of competitiveness, it's right up there at the top. As far as, like, yeah, like, obviously, he doesn't have, like, the, the talent level of bantamweight. It doesn't have the name power of a lightweight. 
But damn, dude, this division, I mean, we talked about it before, like, years ago. If DJ was gone, this belt would be hopping around, bro. And it has been. Um, and, I, like, I love me some Randy Moreno. I don't know if he'll be champ by this time next year. There's just so many good guys in the division. But, hey, um, man, whoever whoever's king on top, though, dude, that'll just show his greatness, right? Yeah, for sure. And, obviously, right now that's Brandon. But who's to say that next year it's not, you know, Pantoja? Who's to say it's not Askar Askarov? So on and so forth. It's, or it's, another it's guy. Pretty, yeah. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty sick. I'm telling you, man, the Alex Perez renaissance, it's coming. But anyways, I had a lot more hope for him whenever he fought Figueroa, but he got destroyed. Anyways, uh, um, as far as the rest of the card goes, Chase Sherman taking on Parker Porter. Um, not much to say about this one outside of the fact that I love me some Chase Sherman. I love me some Vanilla Gorilla. Uh, I'm glad he's back in the UFC. Is that an ad um, heavyweight? Did I read that right? Yeah. Okay, he's making the weight change officially. Or is it just a one-off? Like, has he uh, fully decided to make the transition to heavyweight? Because wasn't, yeah. wasn't he fighting at light heavyweight prior to this? Are you referring to Are you referring to Parker Porter or Chase Sherman? Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman's always fought at heavyweight, I think. Really? I could have yeah, sworn he had a couple I know bouts Parker Porter used to fight at light heavy. That's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, well, he fought John Jones, like, years ago. Like, in John's, like, second or third fight. He's like, ah, oh, That's got to be so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't man, want to it, shit on the guy, but isn't that just, like, kind of depressing? If you're Parker Porter, dude, like you fought John Jones years ago, and now you see how his dude, thing's going on, and you're just fighting Chase Sherman. I forgot who it was, but it was uh, there was one this one guy. There was this fighter that who introduced uh, Connor. It was Connor's debut, Chad Mendes' debut, and he debuted some other big name. You're talking about Mark. I think you're talking about Marcus Brimage. Yes. It was like the— it's like Marcus Brimage has had the toughest of times. Yeah, he fought off the top of my head. He fought Connor, got knocked out, obviously. And then uh-huh. he fought, um, who else did he fight? He Mendes. Cody Garbrandt and then Jimmy Rivera. Those really? were the three. Really? I thought he did Mendes as well. Nah, nah, apparently not. I'm looking at his wiki right now. He's seven and eight right now. He actually just fought like in July, July 30th. He faced Kyle uh-huh. Bochniak. What promotion, just out of curiosity? Uh, XMMA. Okay. I heard about this card, yeah, because they, they had Ben Saunders fight Ramsey Nijem. Ben Saunders, that's something I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Kyle Bochnik doing the damn thing, though. He's got two wins since leaving the UFC. Hey, good for him. He's going to try to make his way back, right? I can't believe they cut him, though. I thought that was a really bad decision. We're getting off topic here, but yeah, that, I'm, I, I love me some Kyle Bochnik, especially after this is a big fight. We'll always love that man. But, I mean, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, I mean, we also got some Brian Kelleher. He's coming back. Uh, Roosevelt Roberts, he's coming back. Shout out Sasha Poletnikov doing the damn thing, uh, opening up the main card. Is there any other fight you want to go and highlight or to cover them all? Uh, obviously, you highlighted Roosevelt Roberts. Obviously, he's taking out the boy Ignacio Bahamones. who had that crazy finish uh, last year on the Contender Series. Came up short on his debut, but could have had it. Banger of a fight. Uh and on top of that, his uh, his comrade, who was also on that uh, container series card, is also on this fight. It's actually kind of crazy that they've mm-hmm. kind of fought twice now on the same card, I think, or close in time. Uh, Luis Saldana, he'll be taking on his next opponent in Austin Lingo. Obviously, he made his debut off the contender series. He beat Vince Murdoch, actually, which is actually the crazy one. Uh, third round finish. And then came on, beat Jordan Griffin with a good decision. Now he's going to take on Austin Lingo this Saturday night. Hopefully he can make it two in a row for UFC. He's 30 years old. Obviously, he's not on the younger end, but he's not really old either. At featherweight, he has some time. Uh, 
and he's fought twice this year already. So obviously, if he keeps his ball rolling, kind of on a good pace, man. So do your thing. Mm. For sure, man. But overall, not the, you know, it, it's it's an all right card. It's definitely one that's really top heavy, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, the prelims are pretty barren. And, and honestly, that's because a couple of fights have. Come on. You don't out. think William Knight, Fabio Chiron aren't going to give us a banger? If I, I, that's oh, another one we didn't oh, highlight. I, mean, I love me some Fabio Chiron, man. You know that. You know yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. Some stuff has fallen out. Uh, I mean, that's. Because, I mean, that's oh, yeah. Ahead. I was just saying, you know, shit happens, man. It was a lot of withdrawals. <laughs> there was some visa issues, but but it was mainly withdrawals. There wasn't anything, yeah. no injuries or no something. And by the way, we're recording this on a Thursday, so shit can still go down. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'm just, I mean, yeah, but I, two of the fights I was really looking forward to on this card, Abdul Hazak Al-Hassan, because I will always root for that, man. It's fucked up. What He's happened. fighting soon. He's fighting soon. I he, well, he was supposed to be on this card against uh, Antonio... Was it the Nito? I'm not sure if that's how you Neto, pronounce it. Braga Neto, something like that. Yeah, that's a tough ass fight for him he, because he, that dude is a gold medalist at the uh, World like Jiu-Jitsu Championship. Amazing Jiu-Jitsu. He submitted Anthony Smith all the way back in like 2013 on Fuel TV. Also, like, he's fucking huge, dude. He's six three. I think yeah. he might be taller than six three because I saw a picture and I'm like, there's no fucking. And way. dude, they gave pure. And he well to be fair he hasn't fought in like five years but they're still giving poor Abdul. Well, why is that? What happened? Did he, did he want to go back to jujitsu for I a while? I think he's just from what I understand he's just been training jujitsu. I think he had like one fight scheduled. Um, I think that was against like Duran Win if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He's supposed to fight Duran Win in last year, but uh, he pulled out due to undisclosed reasons. But yeah, from what I can see, this is only his fight that was like been booked since 2017. It looks like they're setting him up pretty well though against uh, Abdul Hassan. I still cannot believe that he lost to Jacob Malkin. That wasn't even close. Well, dude, it's it's been the last three fights. I mean, not to get too much into him, but it was the Munirlezes, Chaos Williams, and Jacob Malkin. And who the fuck knows what's gonna happen? Uh, well, see, that's what happens. That's, whenever... that's in uh, two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll get to talk more about that when that comes around. Well, and that's that banger that's, of a card. That's what happens whenever you have to spend like four years out of your prime due to some legal issues, which turned out to not be real. So uh, due to nothing wrong. So anyways, uh, that's besides the point, though. And then he started missing weight, too. So it's just it's a it's been a tough, tough thing for that man. And then my girl, Liana Jujova, she had to pull out due to his visa issues. So that's, yeah. And she hasn't looked great either recently. What do you mean? Come on. <laughs> The she wolf. She's gonna be champ. I'm telling you. She's gonna be champ. I might yeah. be champ soon, man. <laughs> what do you mean she doesn't look great, bro? Come on. She beat Dia- Diana Belbita. Come on. <laughs> Where is she now? Who? <laughs> when did she last fight? Uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, she beat Hannah Goldie. Okay, that was like what? Like a few weeks ago. Yes. Okay, but that was an opening of a card. Well, too. hey, I well, hey, dude, she beat your girl, right? So she's she's quality. She's quality. That's, hey, man, it happens. That's how life goes, though. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, that, anyways, that's to cover that whole card. Um, definitely, definitely, um, this run of cards has been, and I think it's, I don't want to like dog any one card because we've had some good wins and some bad ones i feel like just because we've had like we came off the mcgregor high i'm curious if you're feeling this too that like it's kind of a little bit harder to get up for these types of cards uh you know I, now that i love the sport more 
And, you know, a while back, I, I used to be more like, damn, this card is shit. You know, I really used to <laughs> shit on cards hard. No, 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 no. But you know what I mean. It's, no, no, it's, I know. I just thought. Uh, yeah. Uh, now it's it's I find more stuff to appreciate. I think for the general audience, though, that's that's the only thing that kind of sucks for them, you know. But that's why we're on here, man. That's why we try yeah. to sell you on some of these people, some of these guys that are good and can put up bangers of fights. Because some of these guys, you know. For example, I mean, Brandon Moreno wasn't headlining each card. You know, Brandon Moreno was not the main event of each card. You know, just to give you, Davidson Figueroa wasn't either. Uh, you know, a lot, like every guy at some point wasn't the wasn't on the main card. You know, they all start out somewhere and they start out, you know, on the prelims, early prelims. So we give you those guys to look an eye out, keep an eye out for. Mm. Yeah, and I'm, I don't mean to necessarily shit on them because I guess I probably could have phrased that better. It's like partly oversaturation of they have to have a card almost every week. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, they took off last week, but you know the point that I make. And then also just the fact like we have these pay-per-view cards where it's like, they have fans in the crowd. They're always so stacked because well, every well, pay-per-view has yeah. to be stacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And look, it does slow down because I'll, I'll tell you this. Like as far as – because uh, when we come back, it's going to be the Anthony Smith versus Span, right? Or actually, no, that it's Barbosa, Giga, which that's a good card, but not, not, the general audience is not going to care for yeah, that. Like, no, we not are. at all. Brunson Till, I think there's some stuff to look forward to there. Obviously, the European you know, people are going to love that. And then after, for me, when I think it's going to get a little difficult for them is after the bolt card, because that is Santos Walker, Rodriguez Dern, Arlovsky, Carlos Felipe. But then they pick <laughs> it up back with Costa Vittori, hopefully. And then obviously the pay-per-view that's going to be bright and early in the morning with uh, Blahovich and Teixeira. I'm just really looking forward to 266, man. I've talked about it before. I'm so hyped for 266. I mean, that is just – that's such a good card, man. That is such a damn good card. Um, but as far as uh, – I think we spent a little bit – went a little bit over the time expected than for UFC, but we got a couple of Bellsworth cards, my man. Um, obviously, last Saturday night? I can't remember. Yeah, Bellsworth was actually on a Friday. I apologize. Yes. Um, I know that they've been going back and forth and having them on a Friday and Saturday, but regardless. Um, this one was on last Friday. Gary Musashi making it look easy. Um, against John Salter. Obviously, going in, we knew that John was a talented guy, but definitely uh, more inexperienced, to put it lightly. I mean, Gegard's had 57 fights, but even more just inexperienced, he had less tools in the toolbox. Uh, Gegard just ended up outlasting him and getting the finish in the third round, man. What are your thoughts about this, about his performance on Friday night? I keep almost saying Saturday. His performance on Friday night, and then also the fight that's going to be next for him as well against Austin Vanderford. I mean, obviously, it's, it's Gigard fucking Musashi, man. We talked about it, man. We talked about how he's gonna dictate the fight. And obviously, the first round, I was gonna like, you know, there was there was some there was some thought, right? There was some thought. There was some things that crossed your mind in that moment. But I'm like, no, he'll he'll rally back. And and obviously, he rallied back, came out, did his thing in the second, closed it out in the third, how he should have, and he came up on top, right? Obviously, the ground and pound finish, and uh, there's clearly levels of this shit, man. And uh, Gigard Musashi was just a level above John Salter. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. It was a super impressive fight, and I mean, we can go ahead and move into his next fight, which I'm honestly, because I'm going to this one, it was a bit more of a layup. Um, not really a layup necessarily, but we knew John Salter, he's 36, he's pretty much peaked at this point in his career. Um, his his peak is kind of being a top five guy in Belgium. That's not a bad place to be in, but that is just the reality of his career. Now he's going to be fighting Austin Vanderford next. This is a guy that I feel has been extremely, I don't want to say disrespected because of his association with his wife and Paige Van Zandt, but I'll say he's undervalued. 
Um, and obviously he's he's next up. What do you think about that fight next? I mean, it's a good fight. Obviously, he's going to come out do his thing. Obviously, uh, wrestling heavy background, right? And obviously, that whole team out there, they got, I mean, they got multiple guys. I mean, Yaroslav Asimov is one of his teammates. There's another guy in there who I can't think is also a teammate who works really closely with them, mm-hmm. who's also in Bellator, who also kind of has a wrestling like background, but fought not, I'm pretty sure he fought not too long. I can't think of who it is. I, I, I remember hearing the name in conversation. But, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a good matchup. It's a hard, it, it, it's a hard fight for him. It's a hard fight for Masasi. I think. I think grapplers are always going to give Masasi a, a difficult time. Obviously, Gegard obviously getting older is obviously not helping him anymore. He's 36 at this point. He's going to turn 30. Uh, he just turned 36 actually at the start of this month. He's going to turn 37 next year. There was talked about moving, him moving up in weight, but obviously he talked about if he's going to do that, he would have to gain the weight, and it doesn't seem like a realistic thing for him at this point. And uh, I think those days are behind him. I think he's comfortable at middleweight. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I wanted to bring this up to you. I mean, as far as Gegard Mousasi, I mean, how much time do you think he has left? I mean, he's he, he hasn't lost a lot in recent time. And, and not at all, really. I mean, his only loss was Rafael Lovato in 2019. And mm-hmm. he could have maybe even won that. Obviously, he ended up coming short of that. Yeah, yeah I think he could have won it. In some capacity, and some he could, he's capable of winning that matchup. Okay, I'll give you easily. that. Yeah, he's. I thought you meant just. No, like no, that no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I'm think, not saying that. Think Gegard fight. won. I was like, uh, I was no, confused. no, no. I'm saying he was capable of winning that fight. Like he okay, could, okay. he yeah, could win that, that matchup. I'll yeah. give you that one. And, and yeah. well, I'll say this also. I thought he lost to Lyoto uh, in the rematch back in 2019. But that's that's regardless. That's besides the point. That's besides the um, point though, because we're talking about him losing. He's actually getting finishes. Actually coming out here and getting wins. And and like I said, before that Rafael Lovato fight, you have to date back to fucking his years in the UFC in 2015 when he lost to Uriah Hall with a you know mm-hmm. a freak spinning back kick, you know, and, and you, mm-hmm. get, you know it's 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 been forever. So it, it, you really have to hunt down his losses, and if, if he's being this competitive, I I, I guess it's kind of difficult to say when he's going to retire, right? I think it's once he really doesn't fight to his capacity to his level yeah i mean i think it's definitely it could it could be either that or just he's gonna retire whenever he feels like fuck it i've done enough like i've I but man I, like it seems Bellator. like he has man it seems like he, he has yeah and like this is I, I brought up the austin vanford fight because like that's a guy that's 11 and 0 he's a young guy he has some great wins under his belt uh, i don't see him even having a chance against Gegard, and i think he's a clear number two in that division like, that's got to be a little bit depressing because, like, I mean, if you look around in that division, man, I mean, you got you got John Selter who just lost Vander Ford, who's going to be fighting next. And I think he's probably he's way overmatched. Fabian Edwards who just lost at Vander Ford. Uh, Johnny Evelyn, who's nine and oh, but he doesn't have any great wins under his belt. Castillo Vincenis, who is pretty good, but is not a great. He's a terrible matchup. Like, Gigard's a terrible matchup for him, I should say. Charlie Ward, who's the only... I mean, he's known for getting murked in the UFC. <laughs> um, so I, I don't like that division at all. So I think he's truly just going to retire whenever he's like, you know what? I've made enough. Like, I've made enough money. I've oh, done he's all He's made a lot I of money, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure he's cashing some checks in Bellator, dude. Like, and I, here's the thing. It's like, unless he moves up to light heavyweight, there's no, there's no real challenge for him there. Because, like, no. he beat... He's he's already I mean Rory was a, was an interesting challenge whenever Rory moved up to middleweight, uh, but Rory's gone. He's fighting in PFL now and he's back at 170. Rafael Lovato can't fight anymore. Leoto's back at 205. Douglas he's trying, though. he's trying to come back. Still. Yeah, 
Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Douglas is down to one, you know, he's going back down to 170. There's no real interesting fight. And let's, I mean, Alexander Shomenko is coming back to Bellator. I think that would be interesting if uh, Shomenko and Gegard fought again. Um, because if I remember correctly, I remember thinking that um, Shlomenko won that fight. Uh, but that was also years ago, so I could be misrem- misremembering. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting whenever he does decide to hang it up. You know what uh, I don't think, think it would happen? Huh. I think Yaroslav Amazov could could make the move up to 185 and get and become double champ in that division. I think he would defend the title once. He would become what is he right now? I can't think of his record. Uh, 26, 27 and 0. 27 and 0. Okay, he defends the title. He becomes 28 and 0. He moves up, ties the record with Habib, and he beats Gegard Mousasi to become 29 and 0, double champ in Bellator. That's possible, but I also I think Gegard would be a I don't want to say it'd be a bad matchup for him, but I think he'd be too big, honestly. I think he'd be too – yeah, he would have to put on the weight pretty well. But he you know, would. The, but the team would obviously come up with that, and I'm sure they would mm-hmm. talk quite in advance with him. Like, hey, would you be interested in the idea of moving up and fighting Gegard? And I think yeah. that'd be a bad matchup for Gegard if he were to put on the size well. Yeah, and I mean, look, as far as that fight goes, that would be interesting. I think that wouldn't be competitive, but I'd also think it'd be really funny to me. The fact that that'd be like, what, the third champion that's moved up from 170 to, to challenge Gegard? That'd literally be the hey, third guy. That, that that shows, though, right? That shows there's, there's levels well, hey, to maybe, this Yeah, maybe third time would be the charm. You know, it's possible. That's what I'm saying, man. It's just, you gotta try. You gotta fucking try. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but as far as, uh, moving on down the card, because we spent quite a while on Gegard, co-main event, Andres Korshkov, Sabahomasi, really just dominating him. Uh, actually, this one was not even competitive. Uh, 30-27, 30-26, 30-26, this fight, my man, uh, you really just go ahead and, well, obviously Korshkov is moving back into the rankings of this one. Uh, does this win get you motivated at all for a potential matchup against Yaroslav Amoslav? Oh yeah, I mean he 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 has a lot of good attributes that I think could give uh, Yaroslav get in an interesting fight. And obviously Yaroslav is a uh, is beautiful man. He's been taking to some split decisions. I mean our our boy Logan Storley was fighting. Uh, what is it tomorrow night? Uh, or is it tonight? I can't even think anymore. Okay, tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night. Uh, and he yeah, tomorrow, to night, just, tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow night. And he's taking on Logan Storley. You know, or Logan Storley's fighting, and he took him to split decision. I mean. And he's a guy who only had at that point 11 fights in his career. Came primarily from a wrestling background in college. Uh, a lot of people talk very highly of him around in the gym as, as obviously being one of the better wrestlers. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, there's obviously a, he's definitely a beatable guy, and he's had multiple split decision wins throughout his career. So he can, you know, he can eke one out. Anybody can eke one out if they do it right. For sure. And I mean, I've always been extremely high on Korshkov. Um, Like I said last time on the show, it was really just a Benson Henderson fight. I mean, it's hard to it's easy to forget. But Benson was hella hyped up going into that fight, man. He was coming off of wins against Masvidal and Brendan Thatch and height and Thatch was super hyped up. I also thought he beat Cerrone in that fight. Um, You know, his by before that he could have easily been on a three-fight winning streak all like against really good guys and he just went in there and he got his ass kicked by Korshkov who was mostly unknown at the time um so yeah I've, I'm super high on that kid um and I think a fight against Yamaslav would be interesting but as far as the real the real main event for this fight like for this card Rufon Stotts defeating Magomed Magomed whole Magomed Magomedov holy shit 
That is one of my one of my favorite fights of the year so far. Just a grappling masterpiece between a dude who's like obviously a former two time NCAA champion and just a dude from Dagestan. That's that's his <laughs> that's his that's his greatest attribute because there's no bad wrestlers from that fucking area. Um, overall, man, just an absolute amazing fight. Uh, I know it's not a part of normally we recap the main of the co-main, but I, I just got to ask you this: Rufon Stotts versus Sergio Pettis seems like it's going to be next. What do you think about that fight? Banger. Banger, banger, banger. I love it. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, that's really the only way that uh, you can go ahead and the only thing you can say about it, man. I, I very much lean towards Rufon Stotts, but dude, Sergio, he's turned a corner. He turned a, a corner quite a while ago. Um, it's just kind of evolving his game. So I'm, I'm still very impressed with Sergio, but I do think that that's just, that's a bad matchup for man. I know they're also training partners, so it's going to be weird in that capacity, but... Hey, man, damn, that's how life goes, though. That's how life goes. Yeah, but uh, as far as moving on, the card, man, I, what are some of the other fights you want to go and highlight on that one? Dude, Josh, I told you, man, I missed it. I, I was watching PFL. I was the <laughs> I, you you were on the oh, Bellator yeah. side, and I was on the B, I was on the PFL side. Fair, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, that's right. My, my bad, my bad. So I'll go ahead and I'll take care of this one, my man. I'll take care of this one. Uh, Davion Franklin, remember the name? I said two years ago. Whenever this man was debuting on the post-limbs. No, you heard me correct. Not the prelims, the post-limbs. Bellator used to do this thing where they would have the fights, they would have the main event, and then they'd have two or three fights afterwards. I don't know why they did it, but they did it. That's weird. He was was one of the post-limbs. And I said before his debut, I was like, keep an eye on this kid. He's He's one of the fucking Jackson Wink scholarship guys. Keep an eye on him. And he won that night via knockout. Here we are. He took on a 15-0 guy against Everett Cummings, undefeated, knocked him out in 21 seconds. This kid is now, I wanna, I don't know the exact ranking right now, but he is very high up there, and he's still very, very young. And I'm telling you, man, remember the name, Davion Franklin, bro. Remember the name. Uh, he's actually he's ranked number seven as of now. Um, he called out Jake Hager afterwards. I think that's a phenomenal fight, man. I think that is a phenomenal Our fight. boy Jack Swagger. The boy Jack Swagger, man. He's he's doing some fun stuff in AEW, but it's easy to forget. He's still 3-0 and in MMA. Uh, and he's looked pretty pretty good. His wrestling's looked phenomenal. He called um, out Fedor. <laughs> honestly, I thought that fight made a lot of sense. But I get why they didn't do it. Um, but yeah, man, I... I'd be hyped for a Jake Hager versus Davion Franklin fight. Um, Jake Hager, because he's he is still it's easy to forget, man. We all we all talk about like the the WWE stuff with him, and the wrestling stuff, but like this is a guy that if he had not, he's an interesting what if. You know, people are like, what would happen if Brock Lesnar went into MMA whenever he was like in his twenties or whatever, like his early twenties? It's not the same thing with him, but he was very very good as an amateur wrestler. Um, he was an All-American, and he was just, like, he was made it to the NCAA Championship. He didn't win, um, but I believe he ranked in the top five, like, finished top five. Uh, he was an All-American. He set the record at Oklahoma for most pins in a single season. Dude was phenomenal. And he's finally picking up MMA, like, hella late, but he's still pretty damn good. He's ranked number eight at this point, so I'd like to see that fight next. Um, Pam Sorensen, the former Invicta champ, picked up in uh, a win. I mean, it wasn't entertaining, nor was it definitive, but she picked up the win um, against Roberta Samad. So good for her. Um, she's ranked number ten now. You know, that's cool. Um, 
that that's honestly it. That's but these these Bellator cards, they're never they're never they're never like super this is the thing that I actually will give Bellator props for. They're very much not long cards. And this is something that like my main criticism uh, of UFC, like is the fact that A, they will do too many cards to the point to where it like's kind of devalued. Um, but also the fact that they will have 14 fight card, like 14 fights deep. And that kind of like, it's a little bit of a drain when you have that many fights. Veltor typically like seven fights. I think that's a perfect, like perfect sweet spot, dude. Perfect. Um, also because whenever you're covering a long fight card live, I just, I have a, I have a hate towards those because I've covered some really long fight cards. Dude, uh, and sometimes it gets drawn out too if the fights get car- cut out because obviously they pay they get their set time right for the card to last. Uh-huh. So they really draw out a card. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but it was that Corey, was that Corey Sanhagen or TJ? It might have been the card after, dude. That was extremely drawn out. I was like, holy shit, are we ever gonna get to the fight? Like the main event? Well, dude, it wasn't very just, long ago. You just think we? I mean, I never really realized it like until probably like three or four years into, into watching MMA. Like, obviously, like, those TV cards are really bad at that, but, like, pay-per-views are the fucking worst. Well, well you know why they so do it. Drunk. You know why the fuck they do it. <laughs> why Why do they do it? It's the money and ads. That's yeah. literally why. But, dude, I mean, I'm, I, I, really, I literally had, like, a – you never have, like, a, like a shower thought moment? You know what oh, I mean? all the time, man. Yeah. All the it's fucking like, time. Like, I remember, like, the night after – it was after the last pay-per-view. I remember just sitting thinking – we got through like six games of Avalon in between fights. <laughs> like, they granted they though lost. we weren't playing the highest level of Avalon games either. No, 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 not at all. We were playing with a couple of dumbasses at Future World Champion Nate Beggs, but like, <laughs> but um, yeah, the point the point still stands. Pay per views are they are structured terribly, but um, it, it, that's besides that's besides the point though. Like, I, back to like the the pro side. I don't like to complain about it, but like. Long fight cards really do irk me, man. Especially when I covered them wrong. Whenever I've covered them live, because like here's the thing, like I've covered Invicta cards, but, like the pacing, they seem good, right? If you're watching at home, pacing is great. But also because the fights will last, like, I mean, they're women fights. So they tend to go to, statistically speaking, they tend to go to decision. If there's a lot of them, I'll be there for like six hours, just like. Getting there, doing the pre stuff, getting doing the post stuff, trying to get interviews, and I'll be there for legitimately like six to seven hours, depending on how long the card goes, and I would just be so fucking tired. So I've had a, I've had a hate uh, for long fight cards since then. Um, so that's why I love these Bellator cards. They're typically very very short and sweet. And we got another one this weekend, my man. Um, obviously tomorrow night we got a very very interesting main event. We got the big boys, Sergey Karatanov. One of, I mean, I don't want to say he's one of the most underrated heavyweights all the time of all time, but I'll say he is one of the most underrated heavyweights of all time. <laughs> he's been around uh, for a long fucking time. It's actually kind of crazy. And he's still only forty-one. That's the crazy part. He's only forty-one, and he's winning. He's still winning. I think he's probably in. He's probably in his prime right now. It sounds weird to say, but like he's had two losses. In the last five years, one of them was a Jave Ayala, and that was a – I don't – I mean, I like Jave Ayala, but that was a freak loss. It was a, it was an instant knockout, 15 seconds in, he just got caught. The other one was Linton Vassell, who – I love me some Linton Vassell, but that fight was such an anomaly. Like, it was so, it was so weird. I mean, like um, – because Linton Vassell has been a good guy historically, but never been, like, exceptional – and he just dominated Sergey Karatanov. And he's not a big guy either. He used to fight a light heavy. 
it was that was his fight moving up to heavyweight. But outside of those two losses, he beat Mitch Rione, he beat Roy Nelson, he beat Ollie Thompson, Joey Beltran, Sokaju, Chase Gormley. He's beaten some bad men, even moving on beyond that. Back to like the Strike Force Pride days, he beat Arlovsky, he knocked out Overeem, he beat Verdum, Hizo, Semi Schilt, Marillo, excuse me, Marilla Hula. Um, and he's experimented on the boxing side of things. He knocked out Danny Williams last year. Um, he's been he's been doing the, the fucking thing, dude. Like he he's a legit guy at this point in his career. And singing on Chef Congo, who is also at the age of 46, having a career renaissance, dude. Um, obviously he he lost to King Mo back in 2015. After that, he went on a monster run. He beat Volkov, Tony Johnson, Ollie Thompson, Augusto Sakai. Javi Ayala, Tim Johnson, Vitaly Minikov. He finally got the title shot against Bader. Had an eye poke. No contest. And then he ends up losing to Tim Johnson in October. His first fight since then, man. This fight, very, very interesting. A lot of layers to it. Who do you got, though? I'm picking our boy Czech Congo, man. 46 years old. Had a career resurgence. I mean, dude, I, I still love the, the fucking Pat Berry, you know, fight. Like, that's the shit yeah. that I always think about. And, and just to think that somehow, some way, there might be some some science there. Not sure what kind of science he's using. <laughs> maybe he is a chemist, bla- though. Some black magic, maybe. I don't know. Some wizardry. And and, and he's look and he's winning well, man. He, I mean, granted, there's there's a split decision win in there, but he's gotten some finishes. And obviously, he's well he's welcoming him in, in his return. I think he'll get it done, man. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Czech Congo for this. I'm gonna be out there. I'm gonna have fun. Let's pick Czech Congo, baby. Forty six years old, young. Forty six years young. Forty six years young. Uh, you think you said it really well, man. I'm actually gonna also take Czech Congo, the beast, um, the beast from France, dude. I love me some Czech Congo. Um, he's one of those guys that like. He's been around in the game for so long, and he'll never – whenever Chick Conger retires, he'll never really get the respect he deserves. I don't think – I really don't think that because he doesn't get it um, – and you hear this said about, like, a lot of guys that are like, you know what? Once they retire, they'll get their due. But, like, I haven't heard Andre Ward spoken of in years. Like, just as an example, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's because no one liked watching Andre Ward like that outside of people who probably like Andre Ward. Andre like Ward. A, that's what I'm saying. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. You're making um, yeah. my point. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, there's so many examples, man, um, of just, like, guys like, oh, yeah, once they're retired, they'll get, they'll just do. People will see what they're missing out. But, like, nah, man, Congo never will. And I don't know why. I mean, like, some people are like, he used to be nicknamed Cup Check Congo because he used to kick dudes in the dick. But, like, he hasn't he hasn't done anything bad since, like, at least 2010. He's behaved um, he, himself. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's had some great wins, man. I mean, he beat Crow Cop. Uh, he beat, I mean, I, you know, he should have beat Travis Brown. Um, he was a point deduction away for beating Travis Brown. Obviously, the Pat Barry win, like you said, Matt Mitrione, Sean Jordan, uh, Peter Graham, a couple of other good ones in there as well. Obviously, his most notable run was him beating just recently, like in the last six years, Volkov, uh, Augusto Sakai, or two of the, and then obviously Minikov was probably the best win of his career. Vitaly Minikov going into that was a former champ. He had beaten him once already, and he was 21 and 0. Um, so that was probably the best one of his career. And he did that shit at 44 years of age. Like what a, what an absolute badass, dude. What an absolute badass. I'm going to go and take him here. Um, I would like to see him get a title shot again. I think it's, I, honestly, I thought it was a little bit bullshit. The fact that, uh, um, 
he lost. He didn't lose against Vader. It was a, it was an eye poke, um, and he was losing that fight. But they were literally three minutes in. They were three minutes into that fight, uh, and he eye pokes him. And obviously, it's a no contest. And they're like, all right, yeah, we're not going to rerun that fight. I'm like, that's that's kind of bullshit, especially after the run that he had. Um, so I'd like to see him get that title shot back at some point, uh, and he'll be one step closer with a win on Saturday, which I just which I do think he will secure. Uh, co-main event, obviously, it was supposed to be. Uh, Adam Boric and J.J. Wilson. J.J. Wilson did miss weight horrendously, so the fight was canceled. Yeah, again. Adam Boric getting his pay. Obviously, just I feel like I should throw that in there. He's going to be paid his show money. Uh, but stepping into the co-main slot, Logan Storley, Dante Shiro. Uh, obviously, Logan Storley, uh, one of, I don't want to say one of the most hyped-up OG Bellator prospects, but like he was one of the first guys that like years ago they brought in. They were like, okay, you know what? We're going to let you do your thing. You take your time to prepare. And obviously, he was kind of established by that point. He'd fought in LFA and RFA. Um, but he wasn't a huge prospect by any means. But he had the wrestling pedigree. And they were just like, all right, you take your time. We're going to give you steps up each time. Um, and funny, I mean, I think it's funny to mention now. He actually fought Joaquin Buckley on, like, the undercard of, like, a Bellator, random Bellator card years ago. And he finally was making his way up, and he gave – you know, Yaroslav Amosov, his toughest fight of his career, like you said earlier, um, against, I mean, back in um, November of 2020, split decision. And now he's taking on Dante Shiro, 8-2. and two. Um, This is going to be his Bellator debut. Kind of feels like they're giving Logan Storley. I don't want to say a gimme, because that'd be disrespectful to a guy who is 8-2. and two. Um, But, I mean, his... His his best claim to fame was that he went 0-2 in one championship. Um, that's not be disrespectful. It's just it's just the facts. Uh, and Logan Storley is a guy that's still 28 years old, getting the toughest fight of his career. And I feel like they're probably doing this fight just to honestly give Yamaslav like an actual potential challenge. I think they're probably going to rerun that fight if Logan Storley does win here. Do you think he does pick up the win? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, they're they're really, and it's and it's no disrespect to his opponent, but they're really trying to set him up for for success here. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't I don't want to be disrespectful because I think the thing about MMA that's so beautiful and so great is that like truly, it's it's one of those things that like does sound mean, but the best guy doesn't win every time. Like anything, and that's all right. And that's and that's, right. and that's not even just all right. That's awesome. I love that you can be you know, outgunned. You can have less tools in the toolbox. You can have everything against you and you can still pull out the win. You know what I mean? It's like whenever you're, um, it's like in, in, in football, you see that happen occasionally where sometimes the, the worst team will pull out the win. And in sports like basketball, for example, it's more rare. Uh, just if we're talking like a series wise, because there's more games, but whenever it's MMA, man, it is truly 50, 50, every single time you step in there. One punch can change everything. Uh, so I don't want to shout, count out Dante Shiro. This is very clearly a fight for Logan, Logan Storley, though. This is very clearly a, uh, a, a a gimme, so to speak. Um, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, what are some of the fights, if any, that you want to highlight? Oh, man. I had it pulled up a second ago, and I just closed it. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I done goofed, Josh. I done goofed. I'll take over then, my guy. I'll take over. Don't worry. Um, I'll go ahead and point out Billy Swanson, Marcelo Gome. Obviously, Marcelo Gome is mostly known uh, for fighting in the UFC. Had a fucking rough stretch, man. He had a very, very rough stretch. That, in hindsight, 
is just it is so it is so unbearable, dude. It is really really tough. He comes in, he beats Christian Colombo, um, and then he loses to Tim Johnson, only you know top heavyweight in the world at this point. He loses to Arjan Bular, who's now the one heavyweight champion, and then he loses to Sergey Pavlovich, who is still in the top fifteen of the UFC. What a fucking brutal run. That's and how life got, goes. Yeah, and then he got cut, and now he's in Bellator. He's picked up two wins since then. Um, so, yeah, man, very, very – shout out to him. Shout out to him. But, yeah, Angel, you got to pull up yet? You want to you go and shout out some people? Well, you know, I'm sad because some of the fights that were originally on here got removed. Like, obviously, I was going to shout out my boy J.J. Wilson, Adam Borich, which those guys would give us a banger of a fight. Obviously, J.J. Missweight doesn't help. Alejandro Lara, Deanna Bennett obviously got rescoded for 266, which, I mean – also sucks that was another fight I was going to highlight. There's been a lot of – and then uh, what's it called? Jeff Neal said Corey uh, Bogenberg. That was supposed to be on here, but uh, there was an issue with COVID there mm. for Jeff. So they brought in uh, Bailey Schoffenfelder to help in with that. So obviously some of my fights got that I, I was actually kind of excited for got removed. Damn. Yeah, it's definitely – it's a tough one. It is – It is. it's not the uh, It's not the it's, best fight yeah, it's a thinner. It's definitely a thinner Bellator card for sure. Yeah, but hey, man, it's all cool though because they're having this one, and then they're not going to have another card for roughly a month. But then and they're coming and back strong, and, and that's good. They're that coming back good strong, thing. man. That is good. It's good, and they're coming back real strong. And they don't even have all the fights announced for that yet either. Oh, it's it's this is early stages, but like Adam Piccolotti, Saul Rogers is a banger. Alejandro Lara. The goat taking on Deanna Bennett, Yo Romero, Phil Davis. That one just got announced. That's a and dude one. and Josh. They keep it going after that, by the way, too. Like I gotta give Bellator some credit. Lima MVP two, Nemkov Johnson, oh, yeah. Fedor Johnson, and then, and then they and then they top it off in November by going to Dublin with James Gallagher and Patchy Mix. But it's still a rumor. That's still not confirmed. But I this mean, is this is very off topic, but since you brought it up, I feel inclined to ask about it because I don't think we talked about it on the show. Um, what the hell do you think about Fatal versus Tim Johnson? You know, it's not the worst matchup they could have done, but it's definitely like. And look, you gave a lot of shit to our boy Tim Johnson last night. I'm like, dude. No, I just said he didn't have a chance of winning, and he lost all oh, five rounds. Oh, he doesn't have a chance of winning. That's and he not lost giving... all five rounds. I was right. Why are you booing he's, me? I'm he's right. a tough guy. I want to give that. He beat Tyrell Fortune. He beat Matt Mitrion, which. And I gave just, him credit. Who hasn't done that? Yeah, I know you gave him credit. But still, what I'm saying is it's still a competitive guy for Fedor, I think. But it's no, a no, guy no, he could be. That's no, what no, I'm going to say right now. Here's no, here's, here's the thing. Shut the fuck up. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> Look here. Listen. Okay? He is going to beat Fedor. And that makes me very sad. No, he's not. Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. Clip this. If anybody's out there, fucking clip this. Please. Look here. Listen. Fedor is not. <laughs> he is not going to beat him. It is a bad matchup. And that's why 
I'm very sad that they made it. But but let me continue. There is a lot of other people they could have get Fedor. Like they they had Josh Barnett in the back, like easily being able to re- JDS retired. I know JDS is not fine, but I'm sure they could have given another legend. They could have they they could have gave they could have gave him the JDS fight. Like they could have offered a lot of money. I know Overeem signed with a K1, but you know they they don't have an issue cross promoting. They probably could have done something there. Obviously, Bellator has their own kickboxing thing they do. And that could have been a thing. And I'm pretty sure they haven't done a kickboxing thing in a while either. So that would have no, been kind of. No, I think of, it's dead. It's dead? Yeah. yeah. Well, they could have revived it for a one off, you know, Bellator X, K1, you know, main event, uh, Fatal. And then, you know, they have a kickboxing match to call main event that's big, you know, whatever it may be, right? Rico versus some. I'm just obviously making shit up. But you know what I mean? They, they could have gone a lot of different routes, especially since they're open to doing that. And there's a, there was plenty of people they could have chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, I would have even taken. I would they, have taken. They could so ask me, Josh, and it would have been a better option. Angel, we would put we would put you through an amazing training camp, and I think you take out Fatal or two. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be my got, who, who would be my main coach? <laughs> would uh, be my uh, I'd have Nate working on the striking. Uh, <laughs> I, I we'd send you to James Krause. It'd be all cool, bro. It'd all be cool. And we figure it out somehow. We figure it out. Jokes aside, though, I, I'm glad I, I wanted to ask you about this shit because, like, it's such a strange matchup because I, you can go back and look. Whenever they initially announced this fight. Well, see, the weird thing fight, is I almost think they want Fedor to fight after this. What, well, here's what I think they're trying to do. And I'm a dumbass, so I, I don't know for sure, right? Um, but that's a given. Um, but I think what they're probably trying to do, and this may be even Fedor's team trying to put this through, is they're probably trying to have this fight, so that way potentially Fedor could fight for the title next if he wins this one. Because you but know it, that obviously Fedor's, you know, his protege has the interim belt, but I'm sure he'd be willing to take a step aside to let Fedor have one more shot at the belt. Yeah, which I mean, which, I mean. You know who would they who would they match Fedor up against? Would they be the co-main, the winner of the co-main on that card, Vitali or Tyro? No, I mean like he'd get it. I'm saying like he'd get a title shot if Fedor won. But he's not gonna fight his his uh his, his no team. no no. But his protege is the interim champ. Remember, Bader Bader is still the actual. Champ. Oh, fuck. so they could so they could do a Bader would versus do a Fedor Bader. rematch. That's what they would do. Okay, okay. I, I, I forgot that's about my that. Theory. I don't know anything. That's what I'm saying. That's what I told you. I think you're trying to push him to fight one more time for the title. That's what I was yeah, kind of okay, getting at. You okay. kind of cleared it up, though. Yeah. I mean, I'll look, I, if that's the case, if they're trying to give him, like, a storybook ending with him fighting for the belt against Bader, I wouldn't even hate it. Because I remember going into that fight against Bader, I was like, damn, Fedor might do the damn thing, dude. Because like, he looked really good in the heavyweight the heavyweight Grand Prix, like, all those years ago. He knocked out Chael. He actually he didn't knock out Chael. He beat the shit out of Chael. I'm not sure if you've watched that fight back. You watched that. that was, we watched that together, didn't we? Uh, oh, I think we did. I think we did. Regardless, so he was doing well. Yeah. Obviously, obviously he had the Matt Mitrione loss in there, which was a uh, freakish. But let's say there's a world where he wins that, right? It would have been Matt Mitrione, Frank Mir, Chael Sonnen, his wins. And then it would have been leading into the Ryan Bader fight. And it would have been like, you know, that wasn't looking bad. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough. I mean, Fedor, I've been on this train for forever. Fedor is the goat. Um, you won't be able. Hey, to Habib your- said it. By the way, Habib said it. Did you see that? I'm sure Habib said it because he's from he's from Russia. But even beyond that, the only people who don't respect Fedor are these like Zoomer Connor fans, like that came into the sport whenever like 
Connor think so? was fighting. Dude, I don't know. I, I see uh, there's people who I like who love and I mean love and die for John Jones, which I completely understand, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean I, I get it, but also like you really I feel like people that say it have never either A watched Fedor fight or they're just they have such a blind perception. Because I saw this on like a Twitter thread literally or earlier today. Oh, like MMA a big Twitter, Twitter thread? Like people were just yeah. going back and forth. It was just, it was the worst MMA Twitter is the worst thing of all time. We 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 we've discussed this. We've yeah, discussed it's this. terrible. Um, the worst people of all time are there. Um, but um, but basically it was just like it was like I think it had DJ um, DJ Anderson Habib DC John Fedor GSP. Where did they got DC in there? No, hey. Although basically it was like all those guys, right? And then they were like, who is the who is the guy who does not belong here? Basically, the entire comments were like, Fedor, because he never fought in the UFC. And I'm like, no, he never fought in the UFC because UFC was considered the shit-tier promotion. At the, for, at the time. At the for time. For his prime. Yeah. At the time, yeah. And then he went to Strike Force. whenever Strike Force still had the better heavyweights. Like, he he wanted the better competition. That's why he fought in Japan, and that's why he fought in Strike Force. Well, dude, we, we, I sent you the fish, Josh. Remember a few days ago of the, of the Heavyweight Grand Prix and the names that were on there? Yeah. Fucking insanity. And, I mean, I mean – if you try to compare that to this, like the, I'm not sorry to cut you off there, but if you compare that to the heavyweight division now in the UFC, I feel like it almost doesn't. You can't almost, and I know times have changed, people have aged, different styles, right? I feel like it almost doesn't stack up against it. No, it doesn't. I mean, I think you could it's, argue isn't that, that like, isn't that fucking insane? It is. And here's the thing: is like people are like, yeah, but like the fighters are better now than they were back then. Not in heavyweight, bro. Heavyweight. I mean, you can argue Gon, and you can argue Ganu. That's about it. I but think that's like, the first evolution, though. Those are the first, those are the only guys who've evolved. For you know sure. What I mean? For sure. And here's the thing is like people like to argue and there's no disrespect to like Steve A. And I know that like I trash Steve A a lot on this show. If anything, um, he was probably the first, right? The more modern heavyweight, right? I'd say so. He he deserves some credit for the fact that he was more modern heavyweight. I think if even if you put Steve A back in like two thousand and seven, he gets wrecked. Just being honest. Not even two thousand seven, I'd be like two two thousand and five, somewhere around there. Just because you gotta look at pride, dude. People people like to shit on Fedor a lot. Um and I've never really understood it because you have to be a new fan. And I'm not even I'm not even that old of a fan. I've been watching since I mean, I, I've watched like off and on since 2011, but I really got into it around 2014. Um, so even then I was past Fedor's prime. But even then I just have common sense. Like, like you can just go back and look at some of those names like he beat the shit out of Noguera three times. Who Noguera is considered one of the greatest of all time. Beat Kevin Randolin, UFC champ. Beat Marcoma twice, UFC champ. Frank Mir, heavyweight champ. Mark Keep Hunt. Going. Keep it going. Like, Keep it going. Our Keep it going. UFC Keep champ. Going. Team Don't Sylvia, stop. A UFC champ. Keep it going. Keep it going. Don't uh, stop. Uh, Rampage, UFC champ. Keep like, it going. So there you know time. there's I think, more. I, I, no, no. I think I ran out of them all. I th- wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You can still name more. names, though. You don't even have to go with UFC champs, though. That's the issue. Okay, fine. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me go back real quick. Let him know, champ. Let him know. Rampage, Chael and Frank Mir. Fucking Pedro Hizzo. That's a champ. That's the guy I was forgetting. Crow Cop. Uh, All of these fucking Crow Cop. Jeff Mon- Fabio Toshi. Maldonado. Brett Rogers. Jeff Monson. I mean, these are guys who are fucking great. Kosaka. Fujita. Team Sylvia. Like, Sammy Schilt. So, uh, Hanada Silverall. So many badass. Ricardo Arona. So many badass dudes that where it's like... You just you're just not you just got to be a new fan, dude. I I can't I can't talk with these people. Like anytime anybody says that like Stepe's the heavyweight like goat, I get unsatiably mad because like 
it's all i'm gonna sound like like a like a like a loon right now but like it's all you it's literally all ufc propaganda like if, if if they had not done that trilogy fight with dc where they're dc where they're like the winner of this is the heavyweight goat nobody would be calling steve the heavyweight goat nobody and you know that's true <laughs> but i don't know i i think that i've, I've ranted enough for that one but um, as far as uh, as far as the show goes, is there anything else we need to talk about before we close out? No, man. I think I think we had a good episode. I was excited to come back next week. I'm pretty sure that's gonna be uh, our filler episode, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll have some other uh, topics to talk about that aren't. Uh, oh, actually, hold on. Never mind. No, no, it will not be. It will not be our filler. Won't be. So, we have a, We have. We have uh, a filler episode coming up soon. I think it's the week after that. Yeah, we say it's filler, but it is it's not it's it's all killer, no thriller, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh that's gonna be like September ish. Like early September, like mid part I should say. Yeah. Uh, and that's not gonna be all all filler. That's gonna be like our NBA slash NFL like special episode, basically. Just, that's gonna be a banger, because yeah, next week is a uh, Barbosa Giga, which that is uh that's fucking fireworks right there if you're not yeah and then we excited, also have the, if you're not excited for that you're fucking weak yeah i said yeah, and we also have future champ jay ball <laughs> fighting that well. that same weekend on sunday so we'll get to talk about that as well which is that's fucking crazy even in itself josh i mean you're excited to see uh no i'm not at all like i told you I before they lost they have because like i I took off my hater glasses. Like I, 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 I've, I've done, I'm done falling into the hype. There's zero chance Tyron Woodley wins this fight. And I've argued with people. I have argued with like Angel, not even just you. I've argued vehemently with like people that I know. Like they're falling into the hype, and I'm like, dude, you can't do it. We gotta, get, we gotta get off. We're gonna have to get off so you can get more into that afterwards. Yeah. But yeah I'll, let's I'll, close this out, man. Let's wrap it up, yeah, damn it. Let's let's wrap it up, damn it. All right. At Josh Shimanoff. On Twitter, he's at AinsOrtega underscore O one uh, at Courtside Sound one for the podcast itself. If you guys want to follow that to get all the information about the podcast, Rogue Energy use code Sound Off for ten percent off your order, as well as Dope uh, Cookie Dough. If you want to go ahead and get that as well, get ten percent off your order by using code Sound Off at checkout for them as well. All the links to our stuff will be down below if you guys want to go and check out all that announcement next week. Not anything relating to the show itself, but relating some sort of angel. I'm not gonna say it. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to like think of how to phrase it without getting too in specifics. Something, something exciting. Cool. Something, something cool. exciting. Um, so be watching out for that. We've something we've been working on for a while. Um, so yeah, just go and keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes posted to all of our social medias. Outside of that, peace and butt grease. Mouse click.